So anyway, as I was saying, you can't get a duck to do that. They just don't like it. I mean, wait, 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 what time is it? Oh my god, I'm late. Um, I've got to get home to do that podcast with Simon. Damn, how can I get home? We're miles away. Oh, wait, Crazy Mike, have you still got that cannon? Arr! Great, great, great. Wheel it out, wheel it out. I've got a plan. Right, right, this way, this way, wait, nope. That way a bit, that way. My house is, I think... That way. Left, left a bit. No, no, no. Right a bit. No, back. That's it. Fine. Go up about 32 degrees. No, 33 degrees. That should just do it. Okay. Good. Good. Right. I'm going to climb in. When I give you the signal, you fire me. Okay. Brilliant. It's a tight. Hopefully this won't blow up. Let's go. And now. Wow, sorry, sorry. Left, 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 left. No. Damn, wrong house. Sorry, sorry, I will pay for that. made it with a couple of seconds to spare and deep breaths and hello simon are you ready to podcast Wow, that was uh, that was some entrance there, Gary. Are you all right? Oh uh, yeah, yeah. There's a. Uh... What is that ringing? I- I'm hearing a ringing. Is the phone going? <laughs> That's your end. There's nothing. I can't hear anything. Are you sure? Sure, you're all right. Do you want me to call a doctor? What? Do you want me to call you a doctor? It makes a change to what you normally call me. Hang on. No. That. Uh... It's gone now. I'm fine. Yeah. Carry on. Carry on like I'm normal. Hang on. Carry on like I'm... Well, like I normally am, but that's not really normal, is it? So just carry on. I'll just carry on. Well, after that dramatic entrance, hello, listeners, and welcome to Keep Talking, episode 10. Hello! Can you believe we've done 10 episodes of this so far? No, it's just all blending into one horrible mess for me. Thank you. By the time we'd done 10 episodes of the regular uh, podcast, we'd... We're just about to do uh, Trick of the Tale as our 11th episode. Gosh. So that's, that's like a year's worth of podcasts we've done in 10 weeks, nearly. <laughs> just goes to show how bored we are in lockdown, doesn't it? We're just rattling them out now. Yeah, but these are a lot faster it? than our normal podcasts because we haven't got to do the little scripted bits beforehand. Yeah, I don't have to add as many sound effects as well, so it doesn't take me quite as long to edit it. For your uh, information, listeners, when I edit a normal podcast, it takes me two weeks. To edit when I do these That's podcasts. not because it's difficult, though, is it, Simon? It's because you're very lazy. <laughs> yeah, I do like five minutes a day. Yeah. Um, <laughs> with, the, with these weekly podcasts, uh, we record them on a Saturday afternoon and I try and release them on a Monday. So there you go. He's literally mm. that bored. I am that bored. Mm. Uh, well, or, or I get to bed at 2am. <laughs> Just out of interest, of how's, the, how's the drumming coming along? You bought your daughter a drum kit, didn't you, in lockdown? Stupid boy. Yeah, she's she's not touched it all week really so, yeah have you 
No, no, I'm not mm. bothered. She's she's a bit more interested in the keyboard I bought as well, to be honest. Saying so I think it's keyboard. You're stimulating your children. That's the problem. She learned out. She learned by ear how to play uh, the piano introduction to "Welcome to the Black Parade" by My Chemical Romance last week. Wow. Yeah, that's pretty good. Young. I know. So I'm impressed. encouraging this. Encouraging this so that uh, she eventually you can retire and live off the money she makes for you. Exactly. Mm, not as stupid <laughs> as I think you are. Pain. <laughs> I'm not as stupid as I look. <laughs> and that's <laughs> very stupid. <laughs> How's your week been, Gary? Uh, well, you know, busy, really busy at work. Um, except yeah. uh, it's, the guy who's who's the other quality inspector. That's what I do for a living. Um, he's been furloughed for the past five weeks. Yeah, and it looks like in a couple of weeks I might get a chance for a holiday as well. Ooh! So uh, <laughs> another couple of weeks. Either if work doesn't pick up, I'm also going to be furloughed. Yeah. Or, you know, so I I don't know how I sit on it. But part of me is saying you know I could really do with a holiday about now. Mm. I haven't had a day off since Christmas. Yeah. Um. So and you know I think well you know I haven't been spending money so I've got a bit of cash put by. I could I can manage eighty percent for. You know, a couple of weeks. So yeah, I think I'm kind of looking forward to it. Don't tell the wife. Yeah, well, one of the um, the strange side effects, actually, quite beneficial, I suppose, to some people is of being furloughed. Is that I would normally spend quite a lot of my wages on stuff, games or CDs or whatever, um, and I haven't been doing it all uh, since while I've been furloughed. Not, not because I've not got the money, which technically I haven't, but just because I've not been out to see things and go ooh shiny yeah i mean i, I <laughs> don't i don't i'm not not like you in that respect i don't go out and buy games and various things mm. but it's surprising when you're out and about how your money gets frittered away on yeah. things you can't then quantify when you get home and because mm. you can't do that i'm finding there's a lot of money in my account at the moment and i'm thinking yeah. where's all this money normally but it's purely because yeah, I mean, you can't I'm... get out to spend it on things you know non-essential things like Beer, but it's it's like the little things you you fritter away daily that you don't even realise. Now you can't go mm. into the shop for a cob at dinner time or what have you. Yeah, you, know, you suddenly find you've got quite a lot of money in your pocket. But yeah, that's not doing me any good though because I'm eighty percent of my wages each month. So yeah, I mean, it's kind of it just means I'm not eating into my overdraft or anything. But then you're not spending it on petrol either. No, exactly. Yeah. So how's your week been? Yeah, same, same as it just blends into one. To be honest, it does get to the point where it's halfway through the week and I can't remember what day it is anymore. Have um, you finished staring out the window now? Yeah, I finished. I stared out the front window for a couple of weeks. I've finished that now. Um, I've started staring out of the back window. I think I've got a couple more days left of that. I think, and then I might go upstairs and swap it around a bit. Wow, what a varied life you live. Oh, it's it's really fascinating. Um, the things you see out of your window. But uh, yeah, but this week I have been reading the new book by Suzanne Collins, uh, who wrote The Hunger Games. Okay. Um, it is a prequel to The Hunger Games. It's called mm. The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. Is this the one they're thinking of making a film out of? Oh, I'm sure they've already sold the rights to the yeah, film. Yeah, I did, I did hear that they were they were planning to make a uh, a prequel to mm. The Hunger Games. It's, it's, it's quite good. There's a lot of negative reviews for it, which, bear in mind, this book was only released on Thursday. There are something like 14,000 negative reviews on uh, goodreads.com, some of which are six weeks old. So these people have not read it. <laughs> Everybody likes a bitch. But it's about uh, President Snow. So it's basically uh, a young President Snow. So I think people are just kind of negatively reviewing 
it because it's about the villain, but it's actually a really good book. It's, I'm really enjoying it. It's about 500 and something pages long and about 250 pages into it. I'm really enjoying it. It's really very good. But it's talking about the, the 10th Hunger Games. So obviously the Hunger Games trilogy starts, I think, with the 74th Hunger Games. So it's set 64 years before um, when he's but a younger man. Uh-huh. Um, but if you like the Hunger Games, which I do, it's a good read. Don't ignore the review bombers. They don't know what they're talking about. I read one review of a guy who saying that I don't really like the Hunger Games at all, and this book is even worse. Like, Why did you read it if you don't like it? You know, like the Hunger Games, don't read a prequel to it. Hey, I watched <laughs> Lethal Weapon One and I hated it, and then I watched Lethal Weapon Two and that was crap. You think? Yeah. Why did you okay. watch two if you hated one, you idiot? It doesn't make any sense, does it? Not really. But uh, yeah. That's what I've been reading, and also I've finished uh, the first season of Rebels, Star Wars Rebels, this oh, week. did you enjoy it? I did enjoy it. I don't know if I've enjoyed it as much as I enjoyed the last few seasons of The Clone Wars, but it was good. I did like it. Rebels was the one for me that I actually enjoyed watching. I didn't like Clone Wars much because it was kind of, oh, I don't know, there was just something about it that just irritated me. But, yeah. Um, I think because you know, some of the stories were just left hanging yeah because you know you think well they're going to come back to these four episodes in time but but i Mm. can't be asked to wait that long um Mm -hmm. which is why i never read comics (laughs) um (laughs) but no i like rebels i thought rebels was good but of course the best news we've had this week was the captain pike series yes you were very pleased about that weren't you i was extraordinarily pleased Uh, so what do you think they're going to cover then don't know there's there's not much of canon from that time period. Mm. Um, basically, all we ever really got of Captain Pike's years was the Cage episode. Yeah. Um, we've. Uh, I think there have been a few dropped hints of things that happened at that time, but like literally mm. one or two. I don't know if there's yeah. been any books and whether those books are considered canon that have covered that time period. But I don't think there's... Uh, no, Marvel uh, published a Captain Pike Enterprise comic series. This would have been like... 2002 or something really early 2000s um marvel had the rights to do star trek comics for a while and they did they did captain pike one uh, mm. I, I think i might have bought the first issue of that i doubt if it'll be considered canon yeah, i wouldn't have thought so, so um so they, i think I'm sure they were novel. i think they're pretty much going to have a blank slate it could be interesting and they've they apparently said they're going to make it episodic rather than story arc although there will be, be an good. element of story arc to it it will mm. very much be standalone uh, episodes, which is about time. Yeah. I don't know about you, but I'm getting really bored of... Because almost every show now has a story arc. Mm. None of them are standalone yeah. episodes. And it's it's like, well, that's great if you've got permission from the broadcasters to continue this series for the next five years. But 99% yeah. of them are cancelled after the first season. Yeah. Um, which is, yeah. then you just sit there and go... So I'm never going to find out what this story was actually about. And none of these episodes were worth watching individually because they were all leading up to this one big story. Yeah, well, I mean, I suppose we've got Babylon 5 to blame for that, haven't we? Because they were the first real series. They were the one that started this idea, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And then Deep Space Nine Um, uh, took that over when they started. Um, hmm. And it's sort of... Then we got Lost and various other ones that carried the same thing on. Um, yeah. And it's just got to a point now where you cannot watch a show that's got standalone episodes. In science fiction, at least, because there's things like The Rookie, which have little bits, but that would that's more character-based, isn't it? That's yes. not like an overarching story. That's because they're characters and they're developing the characters. That's not the same thing, really. No. But I think, I'm think i thinking Firefly didn't really have an overall story arc. 
No, that, when was that? 2003? Yeah, it had little hints and things of, again, character building stuff, but it didn't really have a, a story. No, you could, watch, you could watch the episodes standalone. You yeah. didn't have to watch anything else. Yeah, uh, that's really, that's the last science fiction series that wasn't <laughs> just Pretty one much, ongoing yeah. show, wasn't it? Even really? Battlestar Galactica, mm. you know, they, they had uh, quite a few standalone episodes, but they were all part of the bigger show. Even Doctor Who. <laughs> oh, Doctor you know. Who now is is yeah, especially I mean, the, the last season. Uh, yeah, the last season, which which was kind yeah. of building up to something. Um, well, the less said about that last season yeah, of Doctor Who, the better, I think. Yeah. Um, it's really mm. weird, isn't it? Two massive Doctor Who fans really don't want to discuss the last season of Doctor Who. Just uh, anyway, uh, yeah. no. Shivers all over. Um, so, what have you been watching this week? Oh, funnily enough, I have been final watching the final episodes of season two of the Rookie. Oh yeah. Um, I didn't think season two was as good as season one. I didn't think it was gritty. Um, I've watched halfway through the bit where I don't spoiler alert where the character is kidnapped. Yep. I watched that episode and the episode that concluded that that was that the was, mid-season break. I thought that was particularly lame. Mm, don't know. Quite enjoyed it. It was yeah. all right, but, but I've not just... watched anything past that yet. It's just a massive coincidence that one of the main characters got kidnapped. I know that's how you write stories, but it was just like, in a whole city, really? Yeah, yeah, but then there's this whole... (laughs) It's always going to be like that, isn't it? You've got to write stories. There was that whole episode where there was a poison gas or something attack threat. Shall we get on with this episode, anyway? Yeah. So for those of us who are keeping up with your drinking habits, what is it you are drinking this week? See, you make me sound like an alcoholic. It's four, it's four o'clock in the afternoon. I'm only on my third beer. Um, yeah, at the, at the moment I am drinking uh, Jennings Cumberland, oh, which is a is rather it nice? nice. It's a nice sort of light beer. Um, mm-hmm. You call it an amber beer. I don't think oh, it's yeah. um, it's certainly not an IPA, and it's a pale ale. I suppose is the best way of describing it. It's very nice. I like Jennings. It's a good brewery. Cool. That's product placement. If they want to send me a crate of beer, uh, Riggle Welter is my favourite. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, address to follow. <laughs> <laughs> send send us an email to uh, revelationstationpodcast at gmail.com for any sponsorship <laughs> <laughs> Maserati, we're here <laughs> uh, so yeah, so what have we been uh, listening to this week? well, funny you should ask not really yes. funny because I've been listening to it because you told me to we have been listening to the Divine Comedies Casanova <laughs> hello <laughs> ooh <laughs> Well, that's what I've been listening to. What have you been listening to? Yeah, I've been listening to that as well. Good, that'll make this podcast a lot easier. So this is the fourth album by the Northern Irish band of The Divine Comedy. It was released on April the 29th, 1996. They had three singles off this album, didn't they? They did have three singles off this album, yes. Can you name them? This is a quiz. I can, I can. (laughs) Something for the weekend, which got to number 13 in the charts. Uh, Becoming more like Alfie which got to number yes. 27 in the charts, which is weird, because I thought that would be a, more, a much more poppy song. I thought that would do hmm. better. And The Frog Princess, which got to number 15 in the charts. Yes. But this is this album was the longest um, recording session they've done so far, wasn't it? It was, yeah. I mean, a little bit of background to the Divine Comedy. They'd been uh, not terribly successful uh, commercially, but critically they've been quite successful. Their, la- their previous album to this, Promenade, which, just for... The record is my favourite Divine Comedy album. Um, was very, very well received, but didn't do anything. So they were able to spend a lot more time on this album because their record label had made a lot of money from the Edwin Collins single, A Girl Like You. 
they spent a bit more time to try and make it a bit more poppy and commercial. Which they did do. Which they did do. I mean, this is a lot more poppy than the previous albums, isn't it? It is. You know, funnily enough, though, those three singles did really well. The album itself only got to number 48. Get out of town, really? didn't do very well at all as an album. It's a great album. It's a fantastic album, yeah. Um, As much as I've said Promenade's my favourite album, I absolutely love all of their output, and this one in particular is very, very good as well. But yeah, it didn't really do that well. The reason why something The Weeknd did very well was because a DJ over here in the UK, Chris Evans, who was very big at the time, did the Radio 1 Breakfast show, um, did a live Channel 4 Friday night programme, uh, really liked something for the weekend. So he picked it up and gave it blanket play on his radio show. So it did really well because of that. I mean, it's surprising the album didn't do better because this album is included in the book 1001 Albums to Listen To Before You Die, isn't it? So this album comes in the book between the Eels' Beautiful Freak album um, and then the album other side of it is Fear Apple's title. Don't know that one, I have to say. No, I know Fiona Apple, but I don't know that album in particular. She's a female singer-songwriter in the vein of, um, I suppose, in the vein of Tori Amos almost, but she's guitar rather than piano. Okay. So yeah, so it's a good album. Didn't do particularly well, but the singles did do very well. The thing I like about this album is that all but two of the songs on this are about sex, aren't they, Sam? They are, indeed. It's a loosely a concept album in that respect. Very loosely. I mean, some of the songs, some of the songs are quite subtle, mm. and then some are not at all subtle. I I hadn't noticed this right until this week when I was listening to it. The first word on the album is hello. The last word on the album is goodbye. I had not realised that. <laughs> yeah, I hadn't either until this week. Isn't that quite, that's kind of quite clever. Yeah, that's just my interesting little tidbit of of having listened to this for the last twenty four years picked something new up this week so let's listen to the first track which is something for the weekend What a great poppy start to the album. It's a good song, isn't it? I like that. I love the giggling at the beginning. It's a very titillating giggle, isn't it? It is, yeah. There should be no doubt as to what the rest of this track is about. It's it's almost it's titillating and dirty at the same time, that giggle. Uh, giggling, according to the CD booklet provided by Alice Reynolds, 
and Maya Lloyd. So we're going to be interviewing them on the podcast next week uh, about their experience of working with the Divine Comedy. So what was it like? <laughs> Thanks. That, that so was so insightful. Did the um, did the giggling come naturally to you or did you was it something you had to build up to? <laughs> yeah, that, that could be quite a dull sort of interview. So that's, that's the first track on the album about... What's that about? I would say that's about some sort of extramarital affair, do you think? I, I don't know if it's about an affair. Obviously, it's a rich lord somewhere who's mm. invited some young girl, bringing mm. her back to his place for a little weekend entertainment while the wife is away. Mm. Unfortunately, it's all a plant and he's being robbed. He's being scammed. He's being set up by by a what do they call it? The femme fatale. Mm. Mm. Yes. So it, it, there's quite there is quite an interesting story there around this song. Even though the song is very light and boppy, um, yeah. You know, it there is quite an interesting story going on in the background there. Yeah. So it's, obviously it's a play on words, isn't it? Something for the weekend, which is uh, that. That phrase, which I didn't know what that meant for many, many years. Um, I, I remember going to barbers at the time mm. when contraceptives were readily sold in a barber shop. Yeah, and I always yeah. wondered because I was too young at the time to to use these things. Uh, not that mm. I was I was going about it without using them. I'm just saying I I, yeah. I wasn't uh, sexually active at the time. Yeah, but I always wondered why cutting your hair made you horny. <laughs> <laughs> it's like yeah. it's like why would those two you know put together? You can understand going to a barber's and getting a hair product. Yeah, but it's hard, isn't it? I wonder why. It's, it's weird. I wonder if the connection is that it's um, they've gone into the the hairdressers to get their hair done for a nice night out on on the tiles. So that's why they you know do you need something for the weekend, sir? Men don't Maybe. get their hair done for a night out. Not anymore. They don't. They don't care they anymore, do they? I mean, in the fifties, they probably did. Uh, I remember. Can you remember getting your hair done? I don't remember the 50s, Grandad. No, no, no. I'm just talking about getting a bloody haircut. I could really do with a haircut. But anyway, yeah, it's kind of a risque sort of phrase for the song to be called, for it then to become a hit single. Yeah, but but it, it does tie nicely to the theme of the song, doesn't it? It does, yeah. It's, it's that sort um, of double entendre going on. I mean, to me, it's a nice little story song. Yeah. And this is what makes the Divine Comedy really good, I think. Definitely, story yeah. song. Yeah. When they start to get less interesting to me was when they stopped doing story songs. Mm. So the later albums like Regeneration, where it was just straight songs, they weren't telling a story. They weren't as good. No, I don't think they were either. The thing that on this album specifically that makes it one mm. of my favourite albums is the fact that you've yeah. got the story songs, but mm. they add to the music. The music is brilliant on this album. Um, yeah. But it's just like the fact that you've got a story song as well adds another level to it that you can enjoy. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's what makes them stand out from the... Oh, it's 1996, so we're in the middle of Britpop. Yeah, right when now. there was a lot of tat going around. Yeah, yeah. So people like Blur and Oasis are doing the straight-ahead rock songs, effectively. So it's kind of understandable that Divine Comedy didn't really get anywhere at that time. Mm. Because they were yeah. they were away from the pack at this point, weren't they? Yeah, but they kind of fit in with that same sort of crowd as, as Pulp. Although Pulp were kind of telling stories about working class people and the Divine Comedy were telling people, telling you <laughs> songs about sex. I mean, as you say, the, the Britpop guys were talking about going out, getting a girl, wah, 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 wah. And this was talking yeah. about sex from different perspectives, this album. Mm, so yeah. it's not all about a lad's point of view. Yeah. This is this is looking at sex and relationships from different angles and different themes, isn't it? Exactly, yeah. And which leads us quite neatly on to the next track, becoming more like Alfie. Well, you're told in. Right, we can begin. My name is Alfie. 
Inspired by the movie Alfie, starring Michael Caine. Have you ever seen that movie, Gary? Not a lot of people know that. <laughs> no, I haven't actually seen this movie. Mm. It's it's like one of those films everybody's supposed to have seen. Yeah, I've seen it. Uh, I've not seen the remake that had Jude Law in it. Why would you? Why would I? Yeah, exactly. Mm. Um, but I have seen the original Michael Caine, and it's an odd film because the hero is somebody who's just so unlikable. But he's played by Michael Caine, and he's a Jack the Lad, and you kind of sympathise with him. So Alfie um, is a womaniser. He's a pretty horrible guy. At one point in the film, he makes a girl who he's got pregnant have an abortion at a backstreet abortion. This is at a time when abortion was still illegal. So not a comedy, then? Not a comedy. And then it ends with him being diagnosed with lung cancer. (laughs) Yay! We all like a happy ending. And having a repentance and kind of realising how horrible he's been to people. It's been a long time since I've seen it, so I can't remember what happens at the end of the movie exactly, but that's, in a nutshell, that's what it's about. It's one of those 1960s sort of, not kitchen sink drama, because it's not, but sort of slice of life things. Yeah, they, they like their realism gritty then, didn't they? They did, they did. Michael Caine is excellent in the film, and like I say, he takes a character who is just a horrible, horrible person and makes you root for him through the film and makes you sympathise with him to the point where he gets his diagnosis at the end and you're like, oh, no, poor guy. (laughs) It's like, no, he's a horrible guy. He's not a poor guy. But anyway, this song, Becoming More Like Elfie, so that's kind of the point of this. He's Neil Hannon, lead singer and musical genius behind the the Divine Comedy, is saying that he fears that he's becoming more like Elfie as he gets older, becoming more of a womaniser and becoming more disrespectful to women. Um, And a lot of the things in there, in the lyrics, he's kind of lamenting, you know, other guys that don't treat women nicely are ending up with the girls, so how am I not ending up with the girls? That is true, though, isn't it? From a boy point of view, women do seem to gravitate towards horrendous men. I Mm. I don't know what that says about 
the human race, but but it does seem to be true. Well, and to be fair, that also happens to men. Men do the same thing, and I've never understood what draws people to these kind of partners. So what do you think of this song? This was, uh, say, this was the second single. Didn't do quite as well, but I don't know why, because this is a great boppy song. Mm. I mean, it's a really great tune, and it does make you smile, even with the underlying current of the theme. This is yeah. a great track. It is. It's a really good song. I'm surprised it didn't do better than something for the weekend, because of the two, I think. This one, this is the best. yeah. This one is definitely more entry level mm. uh, that people could get into. This is this yeah. is a song that is you know considering the the charts at the time. This is probably something people could get into easier than something for the yeah. weekend, which is an interesting song, but is on the weird side. Whereas yeah. this is more mainstream, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's more of a pop song. Yeah. So I'm surprised this one didn't do as well. Yeah, me too. Because there's nothing not to like about this, and it does have Michael Caine on it. So, I mean, you know, what's not to like? It's another good track. Let's move on to the next track. I see unspeakable vulgarity, institutionalised mediocrity, infinite tragedy. Class Heroes. Yeah. First track that wasn't a single on the album. Um, Understandable why you wouldn't send this out as a single because it's not single material. But it's a great <laughs> track. I love this track, both mostly for the vocals. I mean, the way he yeah. delivers this, because it's basically almost a spoken track, isn't it? Mm. And the way he. To start off with. Yeah, and the way he delivers the vocals is very very engaging yeah i mean that the whole spoken word section at the start isn't even in the lyric it book. just sounds absolutely right with the music mm. and then we go into of course the melody and and the actual song itself so this is just basically yeah. the intro but it's a very engaging intro it makes you want to listen mm. to the track now here's a discussion we could have is this song prog rock because there are a lot of key changes in this a lot of cakey changes um and it does go on for a, a bit longer than a normal track might be expected to. Um, no, I wouldn't say it is prog rock. Um, mm. We've had this conversation, what makes prog rock? And we, we, mm. we are still going to be beating each other up over this until one of us dies. Because <laughs> there's no answer. But no. I, I like my prog, prog rock with different instruments. I think yeah. even though there's a, the use of the horn section on this, I don't think you could count this as prog rock. Mm. All right, yes, it's got the key changes. Yes, it's overly long, but yeah. there's no massive keyboard solo in the middle, so it can't be prog rock. So you like your prog rock widdly widdly. I would like, I love it widdly widdly. <laughs> if it hasn't got Rick Wakeman yeah. in, I'm not interested. <laughs> so it's one of those things, though, isn't it? Because what is prog rock? It's, it's progressive. So 
the Divine Comedy use a lot of orchestral instruments in their certainly in their early albums and a lot of key changes and a lot of extended tracks should they be classed as prog rock maybe i don't know but it's not, like you say it's one of those things i don't think they aren't... come into the, the realm of rock mm. enough to be called prog rock mm. i think that's where the, otherwise if they weren't so poppy i think they yeah. could be called prog rock but because yeah. they're not rock they'd be called prog mm. pop and nobody's ever heard of that <laughs> no but technically according to wikipedia they are chamber pop which sounds like something you keep under your bed. It is. It's what you take a dump in, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Chamber pop. Oh, chamber mm. pop. Okay. I thought it said chamber pop. <laughs> I'm going to say that is what you have under your bed. Yeah. Not, not my bed, obviously. Um, but yeah, back to back to the track in hand. Um, I love the lyrics in this. Yeah, this track. but that, that's an odd thing to say on this album because every single track, bar the instrumentals, has got great mm. lyrics on this track. And that's one of the things you always think of when you think of Divine Comedy is the interesting mm. uh, vocals and the interesting yeah. lyrics. I just like the, the picture he paints in this track in particular, though, of this <laughs> this girl's future. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it, it's um, a life in a, in, a, in a record, isn't it? Yeah, let's be honest. It probably is what happened to a lot of people who listen to this record at that age. Do you, do you want to make a confession at this point? <laughs> no, because I don't have... Oh, God, no! <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I don't have a futon. Didn't you used to have a futon in your house? I think I did used to have a futon in my attic, in my attic room, in my old house. Interestingly, um, I I remember uh, I was driving down the road and uh, I'd misheard the lyrics on this. And there's one where he's talking about the, you know, the globe lighting and he's describing it as uh, decomposing cocoons. Oh, yeah. And I'd misheard the track and I was singing decomposing baboons, uh, which I still prefer. <laughs> As I see oriental paper globes hanging like decomposing cocoons. Yeah, I, I was always singing baboons because I used to sing along to this. but <laughs> Decomposing baboons. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, there you go. On that bombshell. <laughs> <laughs> Moving along. Moving on to In and Out in Paris and London. to be honest. Funny you should say that. I agree. Although, this is probably the most Brit-pop on here. Yeah. Um, in the use yeah. of tempo and instruments, I think. Um, well, not so much yeah. instruments, because he uses weird instruments again on this. But I think, mm. especially the intro, it's very Brit-poppy at the time, isn't it? Yeah, that kind of jangly guitar almost. Yes. At the start, yeah. yeah. Um, named after George Orwell's 
uh, first published book um, down and out in Paris and London. Well, you see, which was the first volume of his memoirs. There's another reference to to how uh, cerebral Divine Comedy mm. occasionally are. I mean, nobody's ever going to say Divine Comedy are dumb because none of their. <laughs> I don't mean that. In, well, I do mean that in that way because they're they're always very deep, and you get the feeling that he's very well read. Definitely. because of the themes he chooses for the various songs and things. I mean, if not from this album, certainly from Promenade. Definitely, yeah. Uh, but yeah, my least favorite one. But it's still still not a bad track, <laughs> even though it's my least favorite one on the album. Even though there there are a couple on this which aren't perhaps my favourite, none of them aren't mm. worth listening to and when, mm, I'm, when I'm driving down the road or listening to it in the, in the, in the house I never skip yeah. past any of these tracks even though some aren't no, my favourite um, but don't wait until tomorrow do it today then we'll move on to the next track Charge! Charge! This is one of my favourite tracks on the album. Mine too, but there's absolutely no doubt in my mind what this track is about. <laughs> yeah, it's I think just sex, 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 isn't it? But done, but using a language that makes it sound like a battle. Exactly. I love, I love the line. Um, Carefully cut the straps of booby traps and set the captives free. Yeah, <laughs> and there's no ambiguity about this that. This is sex uh, described as a battle of the sexes, isn't it? A literal battle of the sexes. Yes, it literally. He probably. I wouldn't be surprised if he'd originally called this battle of the sexes, and somebody went, "It's a bit on the nose." Yeah, because <laughs> that's literally what it is. As if you were to describe the sexual act as a battlefield. Yeah, let's be honest. This is a track that ends with with repeated bang yeah. over and over again. <laughs> I love I love this track. It's so quirky and fun. It is, but yeah, that's probably the most obvious track on the album where he's talking about sex. Yeah, but, but it's it's done great. in such a great fun way. You can sing yeah. along to this, and you can you can sing along to it, and people around you will just go. He's singing a song rather enthusiastically. But you've really got to listen to this to understand the double entendre that's going on here. Yes, you could, exactly. You could take it, if you weren't listening closely, you could take this song as just a song about battles. Yeah, you could quite easily, couldn't you? And if then you, you listen and you go, hang on a minute. <laughs> exactly. It's one of those songs you can listen to and people who don't know it, you won't get embarrassed that you listen to a song that's all about sex. Yep. <laughs> Yep, and <laughs> this is this is just really fun. Yes, but not as fun as the next track. 
which is Songs of Love. Now, this one most people will remember as the theme to Father Ted. Yes, a fantastic comedy show, one of the best comedy shows of all time. Um, if you've not watched Father Ted, please watch it because it's brilliant. And you will instantly recognise this track because it's done as a musical version for the theme tune. Yes, yes, the the version on the, the theme tune, I believe, it's been a while since I've seen it. Um, that's played on the guitar though, isn't it? And this is played on the harpsichord. Yes, yeah. But I, I like this this version of it. I mean, this, mm. I, I'd originally seen Father Ted before I listened to this album. Yes, well, this came out. This album came out after Father Ted, so you would probably have seen Father Ted and then heard this album afterwards. Yeah, and gone. Oh, I did. That's, but it, that's it where that many was. years after when I, I first heard this yeah. album. But this is a great little love track. Um, it's not about sex. It's about love. This track. Yeah, it, it, that's right. But it's more of about a, a more pure love a more innocent love mm. isn't it this is about, it's about young love and about or is yeah. it or is it about a no, perv and an attic <laughs> <laughs> i think this song is about a man trying to write a love song having no inspiration and then looking down on all the the kids outside and the they don't want to sound really cliched and trite but but the almost the purity of the the yeah, he's trying to remember the purity of how he felt mm. when he was that age yeah. and the, the first bloom of young yeah. love. So this is effectively a song about trying to write a love song. It is, it is. It's about trying to write a love song, remembering how you felt when you first fell in love. Yeah, recapturing that initial rush Yeah. Um, rather than being in love yourself. It's about trying to capture that. Um uh, I love this song. It's such a great sing along as well. It is. It's 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 a sweet song. Mm. But it's it's beautifully played, uh, beautifully done. Um mm. and you can't help but love this track. Did you know this wasn't uh, his first attempt at writing the theme tune to Father Ted either? I know he had about three three attempts in total, didn't he? Mm. Yeah, well he his first attempt that was rejected he reused as a later track on this album Woman, Woman of the World. Um but I can't honestly can't imagine Father Ted with any other music. It's it goes hand in hand. It does. It does. It really does. The, also, the way it was played, if they if they'd gone with the harpsichord version that they've got on this, it wouldn't have worked with Father mm. Ted. But the no, twangy sort of guitar version made you think yeah. of some churches have a nice guitarist playing <laughs> for various things, yeah. and that kind of fit in with the theme of Father Ted, didn't it? Mm. That 
happy clappy yeah, sing along type thing. Surprisingly, that wasn't released as a single. I I would have thought that was the most obvious single on the whole album. Yeah. But the next track was released as the single, and that's the Frog Princess. Now, this is an interesting song, isn't it? Mm. This is apparently about a, uh, a French girlfriend that he used to have <laughs> um, that split up with. Mm. Not that he's bitter about it at all. Well, no, exactly. But he split up with her apparently just before he went into recording this album. Mm. And the bitterness <laughs> does show through this track, doesn't it? Mm. Yeah, it's a, it's a yeah. great uh, song to listen to. I can understand why it didn't do better as a single. Um, yeah, because it's not really. I don't think this is single material. This is no, not. I don't really. This is not a radio play single, is it? It's a good track it's a on the album. Great album, but album yeah, track. It's not really a single. I mean, I I do I mean, like this track because it's another one. Yeah. Although you can't sing along to it, you don't sing along to this because it is a sit down, yeah. listen to story. Um, yeah. But this is not a play on the radio track. It's so obviously a bitter breakup track. Yeah. I mean, that whole line, which what you know, when he sings the line, "How was I to know that just one kiss would turn my frog into a cow?" Yeah, he just delivers it with such <laughs> venom. He does. he does, and I love that part of the track. It's just like I do as well. You see that he's all the way through. He's kind of singing it, going lamenting the loss of this love, yeah. and then you realise at yeah. the end he's not lamenting it. That bloody cow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Great track. I love listening to this track. But not a single. No, it's not a single. But again, but that said, I mean it is it is I suppose a more straightforward song compared to some of the others on the album. Yeah, it's definitely um, it's definitely more accessible in terms of uh story um mm. because it's it's quite a, a straight line of the narrative. Yeah. You know, you, yeah. it's not a lot of double entendre or mincing of words. This, yeah. Although some of the meaning is clouded by using different phrases, mm. you get the gist of what this is about. Yeah, it's very obvious what it's about. Yeah. I mean, even if you didn't know that he'd just split up with his French girlfriend beforehand, you would know that it was about splitting up with a girlfriend. Yeah, and he's not happy about that. He's not happy about At it. At all. <laughs> but yeah, so that leads into the next track, which, as we said before, which, as I said before, was his first attempt at doing a Father Ted theme, which is A Woman of the World.
just a girl she became a woman of the world soon there was a room enough for her in between the bosoms of her family she popped the cork got on the greyhound to new york small talk her way around just the sword of playboy's playground she'd I love this track. Yeah, it's a great track. Again, another great track. We have, there's no bad tracks on this album. Definitely not. I love the Divine Comedy anyway, but this, I think, I can pinpoint this track as the thing that made me into a super fan of the Divine Comedy, really? who would now buy everything. Because I'd already bought Promenade and loved Promenade. Absolutely adore that album. One of my go-to albums to listen to when I'm bored or feeling sad or whatever it cheers me up and i love it this album i bought when it came out and it functions similarly but to not to the same extent but listening to this album i can pinpoint when i got to this track it was when it ah this is it was it yes, the whistling? this is what this band is about it was just that the whole the whole feel of the track it's it's like it's from a broadway show and it made me want to see the show yeah that's, that's exactly the point. It, it does feel like that, doesn't it? Exactly. But it's, it's another um, good sing-along. I mean, you can sing along to parts yeah. of this quite happily. Yeah, but I just love the interplay between... He's, he's got the chorus on there as well, you know? Not as in a chorus, as in the chorus, as in the choir. Yeah. And, you know, just that she's a fake. Sure, but she's a real fake. Yep. <laughs> and all that interplay. You can see the high the... stepping going right. on in the background, can't you? As they sing that. Well, not so much the stepping. You can see in your mind the, the stage set. And him walking around in his suit, and the others like leaning over pretend balconies and singing the almost like the, a Greek chorus. Yeah, like in you know, West Side Story yep. or something. Brilliant! It just it, that this track made me love this band, and made me decide, subconsciously or not, to buy all, everything they released from them. Yeah, on. this is a real <laughs> showpiece, isn't it? It's brilliant. I love this track. Um, I I throw superlatives at it all day long, but we haven't got time for that. So I'm feeling you really like this track. I love this track. I absolutely love this track. Um, I've got nothing else to say about this track that can top the fact that you love this track. I love this track more than you love this track. I I really, (laughs) and now I really don't doubt that. (laughs) And I like this track. Yes, and I like the next track as well. Just through a long sleepless night.
So, what do you think of this one, Simon? Absolutely love the vocal performance on this track. Yeah, all the way it's through. Really well done. Again, yeah, I, I I love this track as well. It's it's an interesting track for many reasons. The sense of urgency in his vocals at the start. He, he's clearly singing it through gritted. Teeth. But that's set up by the tempo of the music in the background, isn't it? That beep exactly. beep beep that's going yeah. on. Almost like a heartbeat. <laughs> Yeah, it's like he's obviously like some urgency to the, to this song because of the way he's performing it. But I think that makes the track. It's a driving track, and this is the longest track on the album. But it doesn't feel like the longest track on the album. No, it's only the longest track by a minute or so. But yeah, yeah. but it, yeah, this it, that's not to say this track goes on and on. Um, mm. You're aware of the length of this track purely yeah. because of the various changes in tempo and theme and mood. And it, there seems to be a lot crammed into this track, doesn't there? Yes, exactly. There's a lot going on in this track, isn't there? Yeah, there's loads going on in this track. Um, loads of really bad puns. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of bad puns. Yeah, this is a fun track to listen to from, from many reasons, yeah. not just musically. Yeah, but I I particularly love the the end, you know, the board of normality. Why not go daft? Yep. It's easy to do if you try. And then, the, the, you know, the whole thing, yeah. Oh, Live your own life. I don't really care. <laughs> yeah, it's I just. Uh, this is an interesting track to listen to. There's so much going mm. on in here. It's a good theme, but the yeah. styles that are used throughout this track it does change almost constantly. And yeah. it's you really have to listen to the track. This is one of the tracks on the album. I think we have to do the most listening. Yeah, definitely. This is one that that gives you more the more you concentrate on Definitely, it. yeah. It really is. More, the deeper you go into this, the more you're going to get out of yeah, it. Yeah, definitely. Um, but this is this has got the same uh, title as a Scott Walker song, and Divine Comedy, Neil Hannon, is a big fan of Scott Walker, uh, and sent every single one of his albums to Scott Walker. Wow, and how does Scott Walker feel about this? He's actually replied to Promenade, apparently, and said that he really loved the track The Book Lovers from Promenade. So, so out of all the albums he sent to him, he wrote back and said, I like one of your tracks. Well, he didn't have to reply at all. Scott Walker's notoriously curmudgeonly as well, so... Yeah. <laughs> yeah so. But there is a lot of similarity between Scott Walker's work and the work of the Divine Comedy. There you go. Um, I like Scott Walker. His first four solo albums are just brilliant. I've uh, not heard Scott Walker. I only got into Scott Walker after listening to the Divine Comedy. Okay. But it's, it's similar in style. Would I you recommend Scott Walker? Certainly his first two albums, yeah. He gets a bit weird on his fourth album, but his first two albums are really good. A lot of covers of Jack Brell stuff, but it's in a very similar style to the Divine Comedy. Oh, so you probably enjoy I probably it. probably would. Um, I certainly do. Uh, although there was a time I was listening to Scott Walker and every time I listened to him it started to snow uh, which was a bit weird it's a lot um, weird even if it was the middle of June no, it wasn't the middle of June <laughs> the next track is theme from Casanova the Divine Comedy's Casanova a collection of songs for bass, baritone and ensemble inspired by the writings of the 18th century Venetian gambler eroticist and spy and performed for us there by the composer Neil Hannon he was accompanied in that 1995 recording by a specially assembled group of young musicians under the baton of Dr. Joby Talbot. The programme was devised by the Divine Comedy and was produced in our London studios by Darren Ellison. Now, as we're running a little ahead of schedule, there's just time for one extra item, so I'll leave you with the haunting strains of theme from Casanova.
So, did you like this track, so far? Yeah, it's pleasant, isn't it? I like the way you did it as kind of um, a radio program <laughs> introduction at the start. When I listened to this album um, first, I thought this was the last track. It's got that last track feel about it, hasn't it? Yes, this is a, it has, this yeah. Is a, it was a surprise when there was a track after this, to be honest because this mm. has got every aspect you expect from a wind-down track in an album. That's not yeah. to say it's bad, because I love this track. It's a great track. There's some great stuff going on it's, in here. It's a great tune. Yeah. It's a very... It's not a poppy tune. It's quite an mm. listening, relaxing tune. So you can just enjoy this track. Very pleasant. Yeah, you just listen and hum along to it and, you know, whistle along to it if you if you like. But yeah, it's a nice little and track. And it's a fun track. Um, I mean, the vocals at the beginning mm. are quite fun. It's it's nice yeah. to listen to. I love this track. It's not, but it's just weird because it feels like it's the last track on the album. Yeah, I think that's deliberate though, because then they're going to go into the next track, which isn't about sex, which is the dogs and the horses. Thank God it's not about sex, because that would just be weird. <laughs> For one day you are here, and the next. Dogs and the horses you have to outlive, they'll be with you when you say. interesting track mm. i mean it starts off very slowly and um yeah. it's not that exciting it but it just builds mm. up into this massive crescendo it does that is just absolutely wonderful to hear yeah it's an absolute showstopper it is because he he starts off with this quiet quiet singing and ends up yeah. really bawling this song out yeah but before bringing it back for the very last line yeah you know they've got to say one last goodbye goodbye yeah, awesome. I, I love this track. It's it's one of those where mm. when it starts off, you think, oh, I'm not sure I'm going to like this. Yeah. And then by the end of it, you're just almost like last night of the proms thing. You're standing up conducting it and you just, you can't help yourself. Yeah, exactly. But there is no coming after this. There's nothing coming after this. You track. couldn't follow this it track. Couldn't, it wouldn't have gone anywhere else. No. As, but it's very deliberately. Yeah, it's like the last track, the, the theme from Casanova, mm. is an end to an album. Yeah. Because it feels like we're just winding down now you've had a nice time we're winding down and then we're going to this next track yeah and it's almost like this next track they went oh damn we've got another track to go on here but there's no <laughs> way you could put the theme from casanova after this no um but 
don't you think this track could have very easily been depressing or more? Oh, yeah, easily because the, the, when it starts off, the music is slow and it really does feel like you know you've had this nice jolly light album that you've been listening to and this is now bringing yeah. you down you think oh this is the the slower depressing sort of mm. you know the end to an affair kind of song yeah. where where everybody's feeling low and depressed but it doesn't yeah. it builds up into this wonderful wonderful barrage of sound and vocals at the end that mm. you just absolutely yeah. you cheer if you were listening to this in an auditorium, you'll be cheering along to the end of this. It's almost like a grand yeah. hurrah, isn't it? I think it's got power. The reason it's got so much power is because all the other songs on the album have got a tongue firmly in cheek. They've got, you know, they're they're kind of winking at you as they're being performed. This one's not. It's straight. Yep. It, he, he delivers it perfectly straight. There's no humour in this, but it's not depressing. Um, and he just, like you say, builds to such a massive crescendo that you would be on your feet cheering, despite the fact he's talking about somebody's dying. Essentially, he's yeah. Somebody, somebody on their deathbed. So somebody coming, basically somebody the, coming to, to terms with the end of their life. Yeah, but he's seeing all the ghosts of his dogs and horses he's owned throughout his life coming to say one last goodbye as he passes away. Yeah. It and sounds depressing, but it really isn't. It almost brings a tear to your eye just thinking about it. Yeah. But it's not depressing. No. It's it's just like Little. it's just like just remembering the good times and remembering the fact that you've mm. lived a full life. And there's there's nothing depressing yeah. about that. It's a guy who's lived a full life and is just sitting there and mm -hmm. going, Hey, I'm coming to the end, but what a life. Well, spring does not last long. No. Time to go. Yeah. But no, I, yeah, I love, love this it. track. It could, as you said, yeah. as you quite rightly said, it could so easily have been depressing, and it just isn't. Mm. But that's the album. Yeah. What do you think? Love this album. It's it's one of those albums yeah. I put on when I want to feel good. There's just so much happening on this album. There's the poppy tracks. There's the thoughtful mm. tracks. There's the tracks you've got to listen to to really get the most out of them. There's the tracks that you've yeah. got to stand up and shout at. There's the tracks that you can mm -hmm. boogie along to. There's the tracks that you can just hum in your mind till you're happy. There's nothing yeah. on this album that you won't enjoy. I agree. Brilliant album. Well deserving of your time. When did you first hear this album? Can you remember? Yeah, you threw it at me across the room, I think. Um, I <laughs> it's me again, it isn't is it? You, you, <laughs> definitely, you actually borrowed me this album um, many, many moons ago. It's got to have been mm. late 90s early 2000s mm. when you you got me into divine comedy and this was the first yeah. album you gave me um to yeah. listen to I see, and I've, i loved it instantly i've got a really clear memory of going to a, a an octary meeting in sheffield and with you driving and listening to it in your car and i don't know whether that's when i lent it to you and i kind of brought it along and went play this and then lent it to very you but I, i've got a really clear memory of driving home at night listening to this album very very probably um because i know you you mm. definitely borrowed me this album so that was probably yeah. it so we yeah. yeah so i have you to to thank for getting divine <laughs> comedy and i say yeah I, I love a lot of divine comedy albums some of the later ones not so mm. much um yeah because they did become more well less interesting shall we say in themes mm. and in the ways of doing things and yeah in the messages that were in the songs but this yeah. one is just such a joy to listen to and the mm. more you listen to it the more you get out of it decomposing yeah. baboons aside um it's <laughs> just always going to be one of my favorite albums i think purely because yeah. i cannot put this album on without it raising the level of my joy 
<laughs> it's another joyful album. It really is. It's it's just if ever I'm depressed, there there are two albums I will go to to bring me out of depression. This is one. Yeah. And David Dickon's obviously, isn't it? It's work, love, life, miscellaneous. Yeah, I I bought this album when it first came out because I'd I'd heard the Divine Comedy on uh, probably would have been Mark Radcliffe radio late night radio show on Radio One. They used to do um. 10 till 12 slot and they play a lot of indie music and I heard the Divine Comedy on there first of all and bought Promenade and I love Promenade and then this came out a year or so later and just bought it loved it I've bought everything since except their last album I've not bought their last album Office Politics um, I haven't heard that one yet actually listen to it on Spotify and it I'm going to be honest, it wasn't really very good. Didn't like it that much. Yeah, I must admit, um, I, I kind of uh, dropped off after, I think, Fin de Siegel. Fin de Siegel. All right, all right. You and your German. <laughs> well, well, I had I had actually decided I was going to buy Office Politics, um, and then they announced that they were going to release a box set of all the albums, 24 CDs. Gosh. It's coming out. It's coming out in August. It's called Venus, Cupid, Folly and Time. Um and the, the box set's got all the albums remastered. Each CD's got a, another disc containing um, B-sides and alternate versions and demos and things. And there's also going to be a, the re-release of their very first album, Fanfare for the Comic Muse, that's never been released before. Since, wow. Well, never re-released since it was first put out in 1990. I'll take it you'll be buying um, that. Yeah, getting And um, what's the retail on that, um, do you think? It's actually fairly reasonable. 24 CDs, bear in mind, 125 quid. That is not bad. Yeah. That's about £100 more than I'm ever prepared to spend on anything. <laughs> yeah. um. But it's it's got that fanfare for the comic news and their first two EPs that have never been re-released uh, is only available in the box set. Can't buy those separately. Wow. So it's actually worth it, then? Yeah. yeah. I mean, to, as you all joking aside, for, for £120, that many albums, you can't go wrong, can you? It's a pretty good deal, yeah. I think. Um, and you get a signed letter from Neil Hannon as well. So that was our review of Casanova by The Divine Comedy. An album worth your time. So that's it for The Divine Comedy. So it's time for Charity of the Week. Um, this week's Charity of the Week, I want to shine a spotlight a little bit on uh, the Samaritans. Obviously, there's a lot of people in lockdown at the moment spending a lot of time away from their family and their loved ones, and that can lead to a, a lot more calls to the Samaritans but they're not getting the donations that they need so just gonna ask for this week if you want to donate to a charity go to samaritans.org slash donate dash now slash if that makes sense there'll be a link in the show notes if you want to click on it and you can donate monthly set up a monthly donation or you can do a one-off donation that's going to help people uh, because one of the things we like to say in this is keep talking and if you're feeling down, if your things are getting on top of you, it's important to keep talking to people. And Samaritans provide a great service for that. So I want to highlight them this week as heroes of the lockdown. Yeah, indeed. Everybody always goes on about the, you know, the critical people who are working, like nurses and the NHS and various health workers. But I think we're becoming, as we get further and further into this, the mental health of people is becoming more and more important. So yeah. as we move along, I think 
the mental repercussions of what everybody's going through is going to become more prominent as a problem. So organizations like this do need our help because it may not be relevant at the moment, but come a couple of months, people are going to be, they're going to be relying on people at that time as much as they are on the NHS and various health services at this time. Yeah. Suicide is the biggest killer of men in the UK. So it's important that you don't suffer in silence. And if you need to talk to somebody, you can't talk to your friends, you can't talk to your family, Samaritans will do it for you. So please don't suffer in silence. Donate to Samaritans so that they can provide that service for people who need it. If you would like to donate to the podcast, you can find us on buymeacoffee.com, uh, search for the Revelation Station, and you can donate the price of a coffee. Uh, and all that goes to the running of the podcast. Uh, if you want to email us any feedback about this episode, any suggestions for future episodes, or let us know anything interesting you've been getting up to during the lockdown, you can email us at revelationstationpodcast at gmail.com, or you can find us on Facebook. Join us there. Thank you for listening. Yes, for now, stay safe and keep talking. Bye, everybody. Bye. curtains and the last prayers I said All my dogs and my horses Appear around my bed They have come to say One Hang on a second. I just want to uh, just bear me a minute. <laughs> I've been bearing with you for years, Simon. Yeah, yeah. There's a bear with me. That's <laughs> always what I'm saying. <laughs> Why the uh, big pause? <laughs>